Welcome to Artists of New England. This is a podcast created to inspire you on your journey of artistic expression. Whether you are a career artist, a teacher, an emerging artist, or hobbyist, you can learn and gain support from your peers. We will explore the symbiotic relationship between these groups, lending insight and empathy towards each other. We will discover the where, when, why, and how of the creative process of artists living and working in New England, with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Welcome to Artists of New England with your host, Laura Casanari-King. Today, I'm delighted to have Patricia S. Gordon from Nashua, New Hampshire. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming out, too. <laughs> Weather's a little, the cold. little cold this morning. 17 degrees it was. Whew. Crazy, crazy. So um, I first saw your work on social media, and I oh. just thought it was so ethereal and beautiful. And then... Um, you had a show recently at the Kennedy Gallery, and I was able to get up there, which was quite the feat, but I, I really enjoyed that show, and that's where I met you. And I was just checking on your website. Is that your eighth annual show there? I think it's either my ninth or my tenth, wow. actually. Wow. Oh, because oh, I was reading an older blog post. Is that right? It? Okay. I, I have it written down somewhere. but um... Wow. That is wonderful. So I've probably seen your work years ago before I knew how to even differentiate anything in my head. It's been a slow journey for me. But um, oh, that's wonderful. So tell me about your connection to New England. Were you born here? Have you? No, actually, um, I was born in Delaware. Okay. And then my family moved to Virginia near the in the Blue Ridge Mountains ah, um, when beautiful. I was three. Yeah. So I was raised in Virginia. And um, the town I grew up in is very small, maybe 17,000 people. Yeah. I mean, that's not very small by some New England standards, yeah. but um, it was nestled in the valley, like right near the Blue Ridge Parkway and the Skyline Drive. So we were surrounded by mountains. Oh. And so that was a big part of my growing up. And yeah. um, I felt at some point stifled by the yeah. um, small nature of the town I grew up in. But um in retrospect, yeah. you know, I feel like it was an experience that probably set the stage for um, wanting to do landscapes later mm -hmm. and feeling connected to, Nature. you know, what was around me. Yeah. And um, when, okay, we're trying to get to the New England part. Okay. Well, I, I went to college in Virginia. Okay. I did two years at the University of Virginia, which yeah. was like half an hour from where I grew up. And then um, I felt like that was too large of an environment for me. Yeah. And I was leaning towards a sociology major oh. um, because I felt that um, I wasn't sure I wanted to focus on art yeah. um, at that point because I felt that it wasn't academic enough. Oh, and that was like certainly not true. Yeah. But um, do, do you think you felt that from family members or? friends or I think what I felt was that um when I was growing up I was um at the top of my class I was like okay. third in my high school class okay. and I felt like I can do anything uh -huh. and although I started drawing when I was three okay just That's naturally <laughs> okay well I, we'll get to that just, then then okay, sure. so how did I get to New England um I went to I then transferred to the College of William and Mary and my oh. husband, um, I actually met him in high school, but mm. we both were going, he was going to William and Mary and I felt like it was a better environment for me. And when I got there, 
I had to make a decision what my major was going to be. And I had two years left mm -hmm. and, um, I decided to do art history. Okay. Um, oh. I decided I just made this change. I decided if I was going to be going to this small school or smaller school, it's a state school, but it's still relatively small. Um, yeah. maybe 5,000 undergrad, uh, I wanted to focus on something that I absolutely loved. Mm. And so I squished a lot of art history and mm -hmm. um, a little bit of studio art into my last two years. And um, when I did the studio art, I studied with um, a professor who told me that, you know, I was, my work was better than some of his studio art majors. Wow. But this was my senior year at yeah. that point. So I graduated with a degree in art history, and um, when I got out of college, um, my husband and I decided to get married mm -hmm. because we wanted to be together. And um, we we lived in Alexandria, Virginia, for the first year. Mm -hmm. And I basically I worked for a bank just to make money. Mm -hmm. But we both decided we wanted to go to graduate school. So I applied to two art history programs. One was museum studies at George Washington, and another one was just an art history program. And I got into both schools, but he also at the same time was applying to go to grad school at Dartmouth okay. and um, for a master's degree. And he got into Dartmouth and um, he had a stipend. Mm. So his offer trumped yeah. mine. <laughs> And um, so anyway, that's how I came to New okay. England. We moved well, up so to happy. Dartmouth. Right. <laughs> Wonderful. Long way to get there, but yeah. that's, that's how it happened. And yeah. I kind of came up to so New England kicking and time. screaming. Oh, did you? <laughs> well, I knew nothing about New England. Yeah. And oh, right. as we were driving up um, to the Hanover area, yeah. after living in the D.C. area, yeah. I was quite dismayed. And I mean, I eventually grew to love it, yeah. but it was a big transition. Big change, yeah. And I didn't want to go back to small town. Right. Oh, boy. So um, tell, you, you mentioned three years old. Was your three earliest. years old was when I first started drawing. And wow. um, there was no one telling me, you mm -hmm. know, like you should draw or anything like that. It was that I just started doing it. And wow. I um, I started drawing people. Yeah. And what I would at do. Three? Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I can't tell you how good they were at three. <laughs> but that was what interested okay. me. I would... Yeah. Um, when I was out and about, I would observe people and I would observe what they were wearing and how they were interacting. Yeah. And I have um, I have one drawing from when I was a little older, of course, but it was um, it was always in the style of the library books I was reading at mm -hmm. the time. Oh, sure. So I didn't have any art teacher at that age, um, but I would go to the library and choose books not only for their content, but for the <laughs> illustrations. And then I would learn how to draw yeah. people doing things that I had observed in the style wow, of the illustrator. And how old were you at that point? I, I really don't know. But don't, it was elementary just, school. Yeah, it was elementary. elementary school. And I used to fill up like pages cool. of papers that my father would bring home from work. He was yeah. a chemist at DuPont and um, he would bring home like um, piles of paper that had the perforated edges. Oh yeah, yeah, the old computer. Yes, and I would just, <laughs> I would just fill those with drawings, ah. and that was when I first started drawing. Wow. And then I took, um, didn't take art formally until I was in either junior high or high school, mm -hmm. and I had my first solo art show as a senior in high school. Really? So when you say formally, what does that mean? High school art classes? Or? Right, just high school art oh. classes. I never studied with. I wouldn't really consider that formal, I guess. Would you? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I meant, I guess not. Yeah. I just, I don't know. What like I, I meant would... was like taking a class versus just doing it on my own. 
Yeah. But I mean, you, you, so where was your first solo show? Um, it was in high school. Oh, I mean, it was school. just like in the, the yeah. art teacher, you had to sign up for yeah, art. Yeah. That's what I meant by formal. Okay. You had to sign up for art okay. in junior high or high school. I it wasn't see. like in June in elementary school. Everyone right. has, has an art class. Okay. I see. So that's what I meant by form. Right. So did everybody get a solo show? I don't know. No. no. Just the more serious yeah. artists. And I actually made some sales. And I think I remember I sold <laughs> a watercolor, a pen and ink watercolor of our maple tree in the backyard for $3 oh. or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, it was funny. So what was your medium? Was it? It was, um, well, I did a lot of acrylic painting as well in high school. I mean, first I started with drawing, then I I probably learned watercolor and then I did a lot of acrylic painting and in college as well, it was drawing and acrylic Okay. in the classes I took. Um, yeah. So when did you, you're an oil painter now? I'm an oil painter now. Um, okay. So after college, I realized I have to have art in my life at Mm -hmm. some point. So when we got to Dartmouth, um, I got a job with Dartmouth. Yeah. And you could take any classes you wanted for free. So oh. I decided I was going to go to the studio art department. And nice. unfortunately, they wouldn't. That was the one department where they wouldn't allow you to take free classes. So I was. <laughs> yes, I was quite oh, dismayed. So um, they gee. did have a life drawing group that I started oh, doing great. while I was there. Yeah. And that was my beginning. And then um, everywhere we moved, I started searching for um painters to study with. And um, I think the first uh, renowned painter that I studied with in Nashua was James Aponovich. He Mm -hmm. lived in Nashua at the time. And um, he was trying to get the Nashua art scene going. So I studied with him on and off. And that was where I first became an oil painter. So what were you looking for when you were looking for someone to study with? I think it's always been intuitive. Yeah, I never am looking for something. It's like, um, I feel like someone shows up in uh-huh, my radar uh-huh, yeah. and I evaluate <laughs> yeah. and then I just go with it. Okay. And so, um, it was oil painting with him. I mean, eventually I, um, started doing pastels as well. I was okay. doing pastel portraiture for a while. Wow. I was studying at a place in Manchester. I'm not sure where that was wow. um, anymore. And then I was also doing a life drawing group in Manchester with the New Hampshire Institute of art. Okay. Um, for a long time I did that. Okay. So I was trying to keep my, um, foot into, drawing from life because yeah. I loved that. And then so, I started bringing pastel into that yeah. as well a little bit. And so it was primarily figure, figurative. figurative. Yeah. And I was doing, um, I was basically trying to do figures in a landscape when I was doing pastels. Okay. And I did not feel very successful. And at the same time, I became aware of the Putney painters in Vermont and mm-hmm. I started attending, um, free lectures that were being given by Richard Schmid and wow. Nancy Gusick and um, getting very interested in, in that group. And I took a few workshops there. Mm-hmm. And um, one of them was with Clayton Beck, um, who was, uh, I guess he was a fellow classmate of Nancy's at the Art Institute of Chicago. And um, the class I took with him, it was, um, he, w- he was doing people. Mm-hmm at the time. And that was my draw. And, um, but the class was actually doing a still life, but Uh his, his method of painting, um, was making it very slow and methodical and Mm -hmm. contemplative. Every brushstroke was to be thought about. And, um, that was hard for me. I felt like it it was painful and it also, (laughs) I mean, it was painful. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, I didn't feel very successful at that. And the other part of that, um, 
piece that I took away from that was that he told me if I wanted to paint people, I should really be um, doing it four to five times a week with live models. And I felt overwhelmed by that. And at the same time, I'm a perfectionist. I have a perfectionist streak. (laughs) So I was like, I really should not be painting people. And I mean, that was kind of a... It was a life-changing moment. It was a silly conclusion in in some ways, but it was... um, I started at the same time um, after that experience going to museums and noticing that I was drawn to landscape painting and I really hadn't been before. So um, I started sort of looking at what classes could I take Mm -hmm. in landscape painting and I found Stan Muller at the New Hampshire Institute of Art. And um, that became a fairly long association. I took courses with him, I think, until he stopped teaching. Right. And started just doing workshops. And I actually attended his first workshop in La Napo, France. Wow. And, you know, that was a fun experience. And um, part of that was, like, trying to be comfortable with plein air painting. Okay. That's not my thing. Yeah. Uh, What part of it? Is it the... It's it's the fact that you're going out and you have to find something to paint that moves you. For me, it has to move me or I feel like it's just an exercise in... Yeah. Um... Well, for me, it almost feels futile because it's, you're observing, it's an exercise in observation, but Mm -hmm. unless I feel the heart connection to um, the, the environment, I don't feel inspired. And um, so that's, what's difficult for me about plein air painting. And especially when you're doing it with a group and you have a set location, it's not like I can go drive over there and and find something that appeals to me more or the light might not be right. And, um, I find that in order to have a successful painting at some point, usually right from the start, I have to feel some kind of wow factor. Right. And um, when I was in France, basically I was very, it was a slow start for me. Okay. Because we were basically on the grounds of this old chateau. And um, at one point also I was up on the rooftop taking photos of the sky mm-hmm. and I was looking up and I stepped down off a small step and I fell and twisted my ankle and it was a pretty severe strain. However, at that point I was starting to get really into plein air painting because it was like a 10 hour work, 10 day workshop. And, um, so was this your first time? No, we had done different outings with Stan as, you know, part of his class. He offered different little workshops sometimes just for a day. I would just drive for the day, but this was my first time immersed in it for a period of time and by the time I got immersed in it my ankle was like huge and I I had to you had to sit well I had to sit which I I like to stand when I paint I like to stand and move around and um and I had to prop my ankle up and there was no ice there to be found so (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was a little it was not the best time to have it actually took a long time for that ankle to To heal. heal Um, So that was your, um, your immersion with plein air painting. Is that currently, do you practice that I only, I only, um, plein air paint when I'm sort of forced into it. Oh, oh, okay. So that's, I was going to say, it's not your go-to, you're not going to. No, but I feel like it's very much of a good exercise, but it it has to be like the right sort of temperature outside. I know. I hear you. The right kind of day. And I really am feeling more drawn to the seacoast and that's like an hour drive for me from where I am. And, um, so 
I find lots of reasons not to do it. Yeah. But I, I do feel like it has helped me when I have. My, my main process that I follow is that I take a lot of photographs and they're really just on my iPhone. Okay. And I feel that um, it's, it's places or scenes that inspire me. And mm -hmm. if you know my work, you know mm -hmm. that one of the things that inspires me are, are clouds. And, yeah. and um, I feel that they're very ephemeral. They, they mm -hmm. move, they change. Like by the time I'll even, if I am driving and I stop by the side of the road and yeah. <laughs> get set up, it's a different it's scene sometimes. So some of it I try to like just sort of memorize mm -hmm. as I see it and others I will actually stop and take, you know, a lot of photos of just yeah. how they're changing. And then I look at them back at my studio and basically when I'm looking, um, I have studio time, I'm looking through my photos and saying, what, what do I want to paint mm -hmm. and how do I want to paint it? Yeah. And I will just start, I paint in layers. That's another reason why plein air painting is okay, difficult right. for me Yeah, because that works better if you're an Ola Prima painter. And yeah. I have tried that and <clears throat> it really does not yeah. produce a result that I'm happy with yeah. for me. Right. And I, I admire so many painters that can do that well, but yeah. it's, it's not me. Yeah. And I do love your clouds. You just, they're, they're amazing. I just, I marvel at them. I can remember being over at Kennedy saying, how does she do this? It's just, I'm fascinated with clouds. And yeah. I mean, it's been, um, I can't tell you how long I've been painting them, but I find that, um, the more I paint them, the more different kinds of clouds I want to paint yeah. and different kinds of light. Yeah. I mean, it started with more dramatic clouds and um, stormy clouds. And mm -hmm. now I like to paint clouds on a sunny day. And, yeah. you know, um, it's any kind of clouds. It's mm -hmm. just whatever moves me when I yeah. see them. And I just I become fascinated with like how to make them look um, so you so you can see through them, you know, like wow. and there's different layers of them. And, yeah. And it also, they lend well to my style, which is painting mm -hmm. in layers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm just endlessly fascinated with them. Yeah, so. I love that. So um, let's go to how, at this point, you're still working full-time. And you are um, taking some workshops here and there with Stan and, and that. Uh, this this year is less full-time because of yeah. the businesses that my right. husband and I are building out. Um, but. Right. But, but but at what point did you become did you leave the other full-time job and, and uh, well I only worked into paint? I worked full-time only for the first three years of my okay. marriage really. so after and that then after that I had children okay I raised I've raised three daughters okay and um, oh, so that was an all-consuming sort oh, yeah. of job and um, <laughs> not job but also you know yeah. a gift mm -hmm. to Absolutely. to have them and um but I, when I was raising them, I was more focused on their needs mm -hmm. than my own. So yeah. that was when I was doing more watercolor. Uh -huh. And I noticed Pam Lucy, I said that as well. Yeah. Watercolor could be yeah. set up and, yeah. and clean, clean, um, safe, cleaned up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, safe, not, not noxious odors right. in, in a small house and that kind of thing. So, yeah. um, but you kept it going and I kept and it so, going. I kept taking classes and so I you painted always with kind a group. of knew. From well, I knew from, from when I, um, you were senior year in college, <laughs> I, I basically said, yeah. you know, I I'm love our painter. history, but I, I really want to be a painter. Mm -hmm. And I was going to go to graduate school in art history if I could, but yeah. that didn't work out. And then um, I know I would have eventually gravitated mm. so back it, to being a painter. Yeah. At what point did you start pursuing getting into galleries, doing shows, that kind of thing? 
Well, that was an interesting story. Um, well, first of all, when I was doing the pastels, I started working with a frame shop in Manchester. Okay. And um, they eventually started carrying my work. And ah. then when I started doing the oils, um, they they carried those and they sold a few of them. And um, so that's Framers Market. And yeah. they're still in Manchester, but they've moved to the north end of Manchester. And mm -hmm. I've, I've pulled my work out of there just because I was not selling as much and um, yeah. I'm not a huge prolific painter. Mm -hmm. So um, my one of my daughters went to UNH, actually two of them went to UNH, but we started coming to UNH, um, coming to Portsmouth as our um, outing when we would take them out when yeah. we were visiting. And um, when I was studying with Stan, part of the reason that I wanted to study with him is because he is a successful painter. Mm -hmm. And um, so I started figuring out what I needed to do to market my work. And I had just set up a website mm -hmm. and we were walking along um, Congress street and there was a store called Congress street gallery. That's no longer there. Mm -hmm. And it had a sign in the window saying, looking for landscape painters. Wow. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so Wait, I, does that really happen? This it did. A dream. Oh my it gosh. Did. And so um, I walked in I and they it. said, well, um, we have a curator for the artists. Her name is Carol Fitzsimmons. And if you send her your yeah. website link, she'll let you know. Wow. And within a day or two, I was in the gallery. Wow. And um, isn't that something? I was only and in the gallery. you said I better paint, right? Because you said you didn't have, did you at that time have a big base of work, body of work? I had enough you did. Okay. because I had the website yeah, yeah. and I had been building yeah. and actually at that point I was painting in my basement and yeah. I, I do not like the cold. Yeah. My basement was basically unheated. I had a little uh, space heater and so I would wear a down jacket. Oh my gosh. So the paintings <laughs> that dedication. Yes, were first shown at Congress Street Gallery were wow. all painted in my basement That's... with, you know, me freezing. You in your coat. Right. That. But I was just determined that yeah. I was going to do this. And, yeah. um, they were only open for another year and a half, but they told me I was their top selling painter. Wow. And so that was, That's awesome. that was nice. And then they pulled out and I was left without a gallery in Portsmouth. And mm -hmm. I was like, I've got to keep this going. So yeah. I walked in the door at Kennedy yeah. and said, um, you know, I was yeah. a painter at Congress street and would you carry my work? And they yeah. said, yes. Yeah. And so I've been there wow. now for about 10 years. And um, awesome. That's wonderful. Now, I know you're at Frizella. Frizella Fine Art. Um, so my connection to Frizella is that I, I teach Amy Hoyt's children. And she's she owns the uh, ladies' clothing shop next oh, to Frizella. Oh, oh, my goodness. And my students have played once or twice for her art openings that she has. But I've never met her. And so I just made this connection the other day. I saw you in one of their pictures. I was like, right. ah, so we... And we have this connection. Yeah, I, so I, I know Robin um, back from my pastel days. We used okay. to sit next to each other for probably two years oh, when we were learning pastels. Yeah, her uh, work's amazing, too. I've got to get her on the show. So <laughs> Yeah, Sue Zylak was um, teaching pastel portraiture, I think it was. Wow. And so I, I studied with her. And Robin and I got to know each other well. Yeah. And then um, she asked me to be one of her gallery artists nice. at her location in Hampton Falls. Oh, yeah, it's a beautiful place. Oh, it is. It's very beautiful. Beautiful space. So you consider yourself now a full-time artist? Right. I mean, I'm very devoted. And um, the past year with my husband being involved in building out two fitness studios, and I'm somewhat involved as well, but wow. I refuse to be full-time at that. Wow. Um, and I plan to back off a bit as things become more established. I've, mm -hmm. I've just realized how important it is for me to paint. And yeah. um, I feel like a lot of people do not understand that. 
Yeah. But, I, I love, you have some really cool quotes on your um, website. Go ahead and keep talking. I'll see if I can find it. I might want to read one because it's so okay. beautiful. Uh, well, I feel like for me, um, painting is a very spiritual process. Yeah. And um, when I started um, doing the landscapes at first, it was plenary paint. You know, Stan had a very strong plenary painting focus. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I could go out and paint something, not well, but it didn't really mean anything to me. Mm -hmm. And as I started painting more and more, I realized that painting, um, for me, the process of painting was a very emotive process, mm -hmm. very intuitive and emotive, and mm -hmm. um, that it actually helped me in other areas of my life. I had a very chaotic childhood, yeah. and it affected a lot of decisions I made in my life and a lot of choices that weren't the best. Mm -hmm. And I felt like um, I discovered that painting helped me with all of that yeah painting and fitness <laughs> yeah is it like meditative it's very meditative yeah. for me so um yeah. i'm not the tortured soul I when that. i paint <laughs> i'm actually someone that, that that finds it very calming yeah. and meditative and i think that comes through in my work yeah it's actually a very grounding experience for me and um, i don't often listen to music because when i listen for music it transports me into the music yep so I often listen to podcasts mm -hmm. and, and some of them are on um, personal growth. Yeah. Some of them are on painting, mm -hmm. but it, it's like, I feel like it brings out more of who I am and what I want to put into the painting. And it makes me think about mm -hmm. what I want to put into the painting. Yeah. And that's part of, that's a, such an, a huge part of what I do. And that's why plein air is hard for me because I can't just manufacture that. Right. In, in the nature as much. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And then a lot of what I'm inspired by, like the clouds, I can't stand there and paint them yeah. the way I want to. Yeah. Because they're changing. Involved. No, yeah. and they're changing. They're yeah. changing oh, constantly. Right, right. So it's like you're, I mean, I know that the light changes for plein air painters, but mm -hmm. um, clouds are even more of a challenge. And especially if there's a certain mm -hmm. cloud formation that just grabs me mm -hmm. and five minutes later, it's gone. Yeah, yeah I know. I hear you. I have millions of pictures of them, but I can't render them like you at all. So this, if you go to um, Patricia's website, it's patriciasgordon.com. And on the front page, I just love this quote. It's every day, consciously give yourself a moment wherein you are doing nothing, nothing but appreciating a beautiful view or favorite spot. Appreciate your life even momentarily. And the rest of our busyness will flower into well-being. And that's a quote by Waylon Lewis. It's just yeah, and he's not a painter, but um, he's someone that, you know, I've followed him on social yeah. media. And um, But you do have to make that space, you know. Right. Um, and as you say, in you have to design it in the way that works for you. So if it's not plein air because you need these other things, that, that's how you And create. I struggled with that for a I long have, time because yeah. I felt like there was a huge plein air movement, movement and yeah. a daily and painting movement. Not and, on the boat, right? <laughs> right. And I, I can't paint a painting in one day. Yeah. I had to accept yeah. who I am and what am I trying to say and what is the best way for me to say that. Right. And, um, you have to be true to yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to be aware of other influences and other mm -hmm. painters work and what are their processes and what works for them. Yeah. And then you take pieces of all of that and you bring it into your own work and your own space. And yeah. it's really a sacred space right. when you're painting. And yeah. I agree. Um, so talk a little bit about success. 
What does success mean to you as a painter? Well, I'd like to know that other people are moved by my work and that they understand it. And um, I think that selling my work is important to me and it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, um, I'm trying to be commercial because mm -hmm. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm very, you know, um, motivated by what's inside me that needs to come out. And um, but I do feel it's very validating when someone buys my work and yeah. then they tell me what it means to them. And right. very often what they're feeling in the painting is exactly what I was feeling when I was painting it. Isn't so to me, that's success. Yeah, I love that. That makes me feel like what I'm doing is worthwhile because right. it's a connection. Mm -hmm. And I feel like overall, I mean, our life is about making connections mm -hmm. that are meaningful. Yeah. And if painting helps me to do that, I mean, that's a plus. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what do you have for future plans? And, and um, do you have any future series coming up? Are you going to stick with landscape? And um, right now, I mean, with the past year I've had with health issues with my dad in Virginia uh, and um, my husband building mm -hmm. out the businesses, I have not been able to think straight. Yeah. So I'm sort of, I would say that I've been more surviving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not thriving with my painting. And, um, but I do know I do have some sense of where I want to go and I'm very intuitive about what I'm led to. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as long as I keep active, I, I follow a ton of painters on Instagram who inspire me daily. Yeah. There's not a day that goes by that I don't go on Instagram and catch up with um, people whose work helps to keep me inspired and motivated. Um, so that is a daily practice and mm -hmm. I do still visit art museums. And um, I'm finding that I'm drawn to work that, um, well, well, I love the Boston School of Painting and um, I've had more classical painting training. I'm drawn to work that goes beyond that mm -hmm. and that, um, that, that the artist has gone beyond what they see mm -hmm. and they're going off into this other part of the painting that's become abstract. Yeah. And, um, that really fascinates me and that's something I want to pursue whether in landscape or figurative work I'm not sure mm -hmm. I, I do plan to go back to figurative work okay. at some point nice. how I'm going to do it I don't know yeah. I do know I'm drawn to it right um I love painting flowers as well I've done mm. some florals not a lot um and I'm going to continue to do landscapes with clouds yeah. and trees. I mean, trees are also something that has always fascinated me. And mm -hmm. I actually feel, um, people may think this is weird, but I feel personalities in trees. Yeah, yeah. And so they actually have, to me, a presence. They're a living thing. Yeah. And um, while clouds do not seem to be a living thing, mm -hmm. um, trees are so i feel very deeply about certain trees that i'll see in the environment yeah. so do you ever um paint a certain tree several yes several seasons and i do i mean seasons. but um i don't know it, it just i just kind of go with where i'm drawn mm -hmm. and i have no idea exactly how that's going to happen mm -hmm. how it's going to evolve but i just know yeah that it will yeah so how do you um, personally handle the balance of, you know, you've got to do so much marketing and so much social media and um, balancing it with your studio time and with all, you know, you say a lot of big life changes um, and caring for a, a sick dad and all that. What, how do you balance 
Yeah, well, I actually don't have the care of my sick dad because he lives in Virginia, but, okay. um, but well, I do. It's a concern okay, and it's sure. right. Um, but he had a number of health crises this past year and that was very um, distressing. And yeah. of course it affects you. Yeah. Uh, I feel like one thing I do every day is I take a fitness class mm-hmm. and um, that's part of how I uh, keep myself healthy and um, strong. And I feel like with that base, I then can negotiate how do I make studio time in the midst of all these other things. Like I said, um, fitness also helps me move through difficult emotions and painting does as well. And if I fit those two practices, even if I only have an hour to paint, I can actually do something. So, I mean, I'll just fit in whatever amount of time I'm painting smaller for the most part this year. And, um, I did paint a few larger pieces. Now, for me, my larger pieces are small for some people. But <laughs> what's large? What's large? Well, I did a couple twenty by twenties yeah. for my show this summer yeah. and um, this past summer, and I did um, you know a twenty four by thirty six painting. Yeah, I think it was last year, and that's large for me. Okay, it's kind of ironic though because when I first started painting, I was only doing large paintings, but I was wow. only doing like two or three a year. Wow. And those were the figures at the time. No, actually, (laughs) my very first paintings in oil um, were either still life or flowers. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really do a lot of oil figurative work. I more did that in pastel. Okay. Gotcha. Now, the pastels, do you use the oil or the... No, I used... um, They're chalky, but I'm not sure what they... And I can't... I I never used oil pastels. It Mm -hmm. was... um, I can't even remember the brand Sennelier. Yeah. Um, I mm-hmm. mean, it's been a while since mm-hmm. I still have all of them. Yeah. And I know I will bring them out again. But one of one of the reasons I stopped doing pastel was because I had, um, I was doing them in the house. I was working in my basement. I had three cats at the time that were walking through my studio to get to their litter boxes. <laughs> and, oh boy. And I thought like they're These tracking, the they're tracking, job, yeah. yes, this pastel dust on their feet. Oh no. And I was just worried about that. And um, I also felt like pastel, it requires a certain um, expense in framing oh. and oils were a lot easier to frame. And okay. I just sort of forced myself into oils. Yeah. And I can't say um, that it was easy for me. Because oils are way more complicated, and especially doing the layering process and everything, there's a lot of technical information, a lot of technical mistakes I mm-hmm. probably made at the beginning. And um, so that was a huge uh, learning curve. Mm-hmm. And um, but I just I love them now. And I mean, I can't imagine painting with anything else. I do feel like um, I'd like to go more in the direction of watercolor. Okay. When I'm outside, I took oh. a watercolor workshop a couple summers ago with Alvaro Castagnette, okay. who calls himself the passionate painter. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but that was very inspiring. Um, yeah. And I feel like I could actually do watercolor sketches outside okay. way more easily yeah. than I could do an oil painting that will actually make me happy. Right. So, I mean, that's another direction yeah. I would like to move in. Yeah, I take, when we go to Mexico, I take my little tiny watercolor set. Right. And I... I I can't control them at all, but at least I'm doing something. <laughs> right. I mean, and it's, it's, um, it's the practice, I yeah. think. Yeah. And just Getting being aware, looking, ob- observing everywhere you are, like where, I mean, I see paintings everywhere, mm-hmm. but I think I'm taking a photo yeah. and it probably would be a different, it's way different, um, 
sort of memory mm -hmm. when you sit down and paint it. Yeah. Yeah. So in closing, is there anything you want to cover that we didn't? Anything you want to share about... Um... Well, you, you had a, a potential question of if you could be with... Um, oh, yes, yes, life. yes. And um, actually, I thought of that, and I thought... Spend the day with any... She's painter. not alive anymore, but okay. it would be Georgia O'Keeffe. Yeah. And what inspired me to say Georgia O'Keeffe is not so much that I loved her work, mm -hmm. but I went to an exhibit about her. I think it was at the Peabody Essex Museum. Um, I can't remember how long ago it was, but it was in the last two years, and... Mm -hmm. um, it fascinated me because her life was also her art. Yeah. Um, the way she dressed, the way she lived her life. Um, and I just feel like I was, they had recordings of her talking at the exhibit as well. And I was going to post things about this on Instagram when mm -hmm. after, right after the exhibit. And I totally yeah. Uh, yeah. bypassed uh, yeah. with time. And, um, I but I just felt like she, she made her life, um, be part of her art and, mm -hmm. and the exhibit, you know, um, really brought that out. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's some other younger, um, up and coming artists that I feel like have sort of that same vibe. There's mm -hmm. one in Tennessee that I've been following on Instagram. Her name is Emily Leonard and she does very large, um, floral and landscape paintings. And they're you can tell that they're supposed to be flowers or um, trees, mm -hmm. but she's, she has a very abstract kind of mosaic style mm -hmm. of working. And I do not understand how she does what she does at all, wow. but it fascinates me. Yeah. And um, I would like to spend a day in her studio. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so, I mean, there's, there's so many painters out there who inspire me yeah. daily. And yeah. I think that's part of, um, what keeps me going is mm -hmm. just seeing other people's journeys and how they, how they handle um, their mediums and how they evolve as painters, right. because I love the idea of not being set in stone. Mm -hmm. There's always another frontier yeah. and there's always um, the enthusiasm and the connection with other painters, whether yeah. it's direct right. or whether it's through social media mm -hmm. that, now can help us you yeah. know find our direction and um it's so amazing so they, well times it's overwhelming fingertips. but yeah, i feel is, like yeah. if you just tune in to what's right. drawing you yes yeah. because i'm seeing in the background i see a few dennis sheehan paintings and um, <laughs> at one point i studied with dennis oh, sheehan okay. as well yeah in his manchester um studio and yeah. I had another painter say to me, why do you want to study with Dennis Sheehan? You mm -hmm. don't paint anything like him. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't know. I'm just drawn to his work. Yeah. And when I studied with him, I realized that um, he was the first painter that actually um, illustrated for me the heart connection with painting. Because uh -huh. he would say, I don't paint anything that doesn't, you know, that I don't feel in mm -hmm. my, my gut or my heart mm -hmm. that's drawing me. Right. And I that was... That was what I needed from him. Yeah. And that was that a, a new concept? You not I think before that I was more doing plein air painting yeah. or still life painting or portraiture. I was painting, I was okay. doing what I saw. Yeah. I was just trying to replicate what I yeah. saw. So that must and have felt like you just that was a that was an aha moment. Cage, right? Yeah. And then know. and then I wanted to mention one other wow. aha moment, which yeah. was um, I think I mentioned it to you when we were on the break. <laughs> right. Um when I first 
knew that painting was something that moved me. I was in elementary school and we went um, on a field trip to the National Gallery of Art because my parents never took me to art galleries and Mm -hmm. museums and um, art museums. And so there I was probably fifth grade Mm -hmm. and I walked into a room in the National Gallery of Art and there was Whistler's um, Symphony in White, number one, hanging on the wall. And, you know, it's a woman dressed in white. She has dark hair and she's on a bearskin rug. And... um, I was just in awe and I, I just felt that that was something that I wanted to learn how to do someday. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning of, um, I think me just knowing that art was something more than me just drawing, copying drawings out of books and things like that, that it was, um, something that people could devote their lives to. And, um, while I had a lot of distractions from that at some you yeah. know, different points in my life, sure. I always come back to that as being the thing that I would regret the most mm. at the end of my life yeah. if I didn't do more of it. If I didn't like, I don't think you ever bring it to completion, mm-hmm. but it's just yeah. a fascinating it's a lifelong process and journey that yeah. I, I cannot be without. Right. I hear that. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I, and you see it. It's your work is really beautiful. So tell people, um, again, they can see some of your work at Kennedy Gallery in Portsmouth, New Hampshire and Frizella. Frizella Fine Art Fine in Hampton Art. Falls. In Hampton Falls. And I do hope to be in other galleries in the future. Um, okay. Especially as I work on my other yeah. inspirations. And your website again is patriciasgordon.com. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for the interview. And it was a pleasure learning all about you and discussing some of your process and how you get those gorgeous clouds. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure talking to you as well. And I love listening to your podcast. Thanks. All right. Have a great day. Bye. If you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. You got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush.